0: The Real Zodiac presents Retro Reels, a deep dive into the movies that made us, from cult classics to binge-worthy franchises. Join us for this time-traveling cinematic journey.
1: We're sending you back to the future!
0: And as always, your hosts will keep it real. Let's go. I see his face, and the whole world is asking me who's going to be the next Iron Man. I don't know if that's me, Happy. I'm not Iron Man. Welcome to the Spider-Man Retro Reels Collection. You're a very
2: difficult person to contact, Spider-Man. So good to
0: finally meet you. Where we deep dive through all the Spider-Man films week to week, leading up to the new film, Spider-Man No Way Home. I think Nick Fury just hijacked our summer vacation. Meet our host, Quentin. I'm in love with Spider-Man's aunt. Bethany. Oh, I love Led Zeppelin! And Gary. I'll give you about a 50-50 chance, you're pretty awkward, so... On this journey through the Webhead cinematic feats. Mr. Fury, this all seems like big time. You know, huge superhero kind of stuff. And, I mean, I'm just a friendly neighborhood Spider Man, sir. Bitch, please, you've been to space. Is your spider sense tingling? Because there will be spoilers and mild language ahead. See, now that's some bullshit. Thanks for joining us. Now, let's get started.
2: Hey, your friends are in trouble. You're all alone. Your tech is missing. What are you gonna do about it? It's time
0: to step up. Welcome to. Oh, what feels like such a heartbreak because this is our last movie review. For the retro real Spider Man collection before No Way Home. But we do have a surprise we'll save till the end of the show. You're probably wondering, why are they recording this episode now? You know, and releasing it. You know, we still got like a week and a half. Oh, just you. Wait, we'll talk about it. All right. But we are talking Spider Man Far From Home. And with me, as always, is my wonderful co hosts. I'm going to start with Gary. Hey, everyone. And Beth.
3: You know, Chad's response to Far From Home was, oh, I get it. They were in Paris, so they were far from home.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. I'm Nothing gets past him, and I love that.
3: Nothing gets past him.
0: <laughs> yes, we are here talking about the 2019 film that caps the end of Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which should have been, in my opinion, Avengers Endgame. But they say
1: yeah. that this
0: ends Phase 3. We'll talk about it, um, we'll keep the MCU talk to a minimum I guess, but at the same time this is a discussion of like the encapsulation of everything we've seen and this is supposed to be your definitive end, we'll get into it. So uh, yeah, this is, like I said, directed by John Watts who came back from him doing Homecoming and he will be directing No Way Home and he's taking over, Bethany you'll love this, he's taking over the Fantastic Four so yes. he's directing that um, this stars Tom Holland, Samuel L Jackson, Zendaya, Kobe Smulders, John Favreau, JB Smoove, can't wait to talk about him, um Jacob Batalon, Martin Starr, Marissa Tomei and Jake Gyllenhaal. Um and then we're going to also say that this film was had a budget of 160 million and it had a box office of 1.3 or 1.131 billion dollars. So it did not disappoint after Endgame because everybody was so worried about the superhero fatigue. Well, this year in 2021, I mean, spider mans going to be like our seventh or eighth Marvel property mm-hmm. just this year. So I think we're doing okay. And like they just broke all the websites for, Crashed. for No Way Home. Mm-hmm. So I think that now yeah, there's no fatigue. There's nothing to worry about there. Um, Let's just go ahead and talk about just that for a second. No Way Home uh, had tickets released on Cyber Monday, or as they're calling it, Spider Monday. And mm. obviously, you guys are getting this episode a week later. But, yeah, I mean, I myself don't have a horror story. My wife does have a horror story about getting tickets. She stayed up until 230 am to get these tickets because we're not just seeing it just her and I No, we're making it a big fiasco we're bringing my buddy who's coming from Boston his girlfriend his little brother my little brother my wife me we're all gonna see it together I just bought my Spider-Man uh sweatshirt from Hot Topic I'm so excited to sport it (laughs) along with my Disney bought uh Spider-Man jacket it's like a Letterman jacket but it's got comics all on the inside it's it's got the uh Spider-Man 62. Oh my god, I just... So yeah, my hype level is kind of off the chain right now. So us talking about Spider-Man, the penultimate movie before No Way Home, is just, it's going to throw me off the edge. And so, uh yeah, let's go ahead and kind of get into just... I guess, our thoughts, feelings about the movie going in, and then we'll talk about when we got done with it. Uh, Gary, tell me, what was your thoughts going into Far From Home?
2: Okay, don't be mad at me, right? I'm about to say something you're not going to like. I was just, I was not excited to see this movie. I have to be honest. Like, I just wasn't pumped at all. I remember when it came out, I actually was supposed to go see it with my sister and my sister-in-law. They, I don't know what happened, something came up, but basically, I, w- I was supposed to go see it and I didn't, and then I just never saw it until now.
0: <laughs> Hold <Yeah>. up. Hold <laughs> yeah. up.
2: This is your first time seeing it? Yes, cause I never, oh. I never, I never got around to saw- seeing it, like, and I just, I just never felt like, like, you know, I saw, um, oh, what's it called? Homecoming, Homecoming right? Yeah. And I, I like, you know, and I just, I don't know, I just yeah. never went, Got around to seeing it, right? So, yeah, I just saw it for the first time recently, and I guess we'll talk about how that went. Stuff? Yeah, okay. Stuff? but like, yeah, that was just me going into it. I don't know.
0: Okay. Okay, I'm like I'm swallowing it. I'm swallowing all my all my pride right now. You know, I'm just keeping it all in, and then
1: we'll it's let a it calm. <laughs> I am. I'm very calm. Okay,
3: well, keep that in there because.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm
1: scared.
3: <laughs> so, when this came out, I was a very broke college student.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: And so I did not go see it. Okay. And I only watched like 45 minutes of it because it was on the free movie channel at our institution. And, um, and then I stopped because I didn't want to watch the rest. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> so don't tell I, me
0: this was your first time seeing it all the way through
3: no okay. i like I watched like the ending I, I watched it over like a six-day period because right okay I'm I there. I don't know why I really don't because like I really did enjoy it I think it was <laughs> uh, I think I tried watching it while I was on call which is the stupidest thing to ever yeah, do
0: never works you sit down never immediately called you know
3: exactly So I think it was one of those that I was like, well, I need to do something. Um, But yeah, I watched it over like a six day period. And so like I knew the gist of it. I knew the storyline, but uh, I actually sat down and watched it fully start to finish just the other day.
0: This is amazing. I know you guys thought, okay, look, I'm not going to give any lashings. I'm not going to say anything mean. (laughs) I'm going to straight up say this is great because opening weekend, uh, I saw it three times, and uh, I think I saw it because it came out on a Wednesday, so I saw it Tuesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday, and Friday, all in the same week. And so, and it was right after an Ariana Grande concert too. I just remember that because it was at a drive-through or drive-in when I when I saw it the third
3: time. Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Isn't that something? I know it's just random, yeah. but
3: I love drive-through experience, yeah. drive-in experiences. This <laughs> is <are> my favorite. <laughs>
0: And Courtney fell asleep, but uh, we'll, <laughs> well,
3: well, that's hope. where you get the best sleep is in the drive-in. I yep. fall asleep to all the Fast and Furious at the drive-in, so I've never watched any of those.
0: You heard it here first, folks. We're <laughs> in <doing> a retro- <laughs> of the Fast and Furious. Fear- no, no, <laughs> no. Okay, so I totally understand because I think that personally, I was feeling a little superhero fatigue. You know, mm-hmm. it was like in between. Yeah, it was in between Avengers Endgame and Spider Man Far From Home, where there was just like this period of like, fuck. Like, we just experienced this gigantic 11-year like year cycle of 22 movies coming out all together, mm-hmm. telling, like, obviously a lot of stories, but like a singular saga story. Now we're going to move on you know
3: yeah they really should have started a different phase with this movie i mean even though like they should have waited yeah it was all encapsulated i get it the storyline made sense but it i think it would have made more sense if they just waited Mm
0: -hmm. and so john watts has said multiple times when this movie did come out he says that this is the ground level view of the blip we're going the yeah So like we're seeing it from teenagers point of views, uh the teachers point of views, just all these different kind of like ideas of what happened during the blip. Because we're watching it from uh a, a Norse god, a green giant, um a metal man and a patriotic super freak, you know, and an, an archer. OK, so like we're getting it from their point of view. But like that's obviously grandiose, and they're fighting a big purple alien with a nutsack chin. So like we right, right, right. had to, right. we had to see it from their pers- perspective. I don't think we got a good portrayal of the blip until Wandavision with Monica, uh, yeah, Monica Rambeau when she materializes again in the hospital, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, holy shit, this is crazy. And mm-hmm. the same with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I felt like we still didn't get that ground level perspective in this. Mm -hmm. But, um, I'm, I'm totally going off real quick. I do want to say, uh, this film follows Avengers Endgame showing us Peter Parker as he struggles with the death of his mentor, Iron Man, as he goes to a science field trip, uh, across the state or across the world and, uh, he meets Mysterio. And everything ensues from there. So I just want to get that out of the way. Anyway, back to what I was saying. So, yeah, the blip was a big issue that I've had with the Phase 4 movies a lot. Because you made such an impact with Infinity War to Endgame. Infinity, like, the period between Infinity War and Endgame for us, because we had to wait a year, mm-hmm. was so astronomically amazingly sad. I mean, mm-hmm. I was student teaching during like the uh Infinity War ending and before and obviously my first year teaching uh for Endgame. So like I remember the day after Infinity War this is totally a tangent, I'm sorry, but like I like was doing like an activity with the with the kids I was, you know, student teaching for and I just said, look guys, I gotta stop. <laughs> Did any of you guys see Infinity War? Like I was like <laughs> upset. We just, just went on the other side. It. And like oh, the kids and the kids were all like, "Yeah, we know." And I was like, "I couldn't believe." Like we were sitting there. It was like a fucking like what Captain America had to go through with those oh people at the boy. beginning of Endgame. It was like a circle group and we were just talking about our experience with the fucking uh the stab. because it was just so powerful, you know? And my only thought was cuz we started getting trailers for this movie before Endgame even came out. Yeah. So like and that's Sony Sony just wanted to push this movie. That's Mm -hmm. another reason that I agree with you, Beth, that we should have waited, should have waited at least a year to get this movie, you know? So, like, I guess with that, I just did, I don't like what Phase 4 is doing with the blip. I don't like that we're in 2024. Like, that's the year we're in. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because, obviously, yes, it's only three years ahead of us, but, like... Hopefully we catch up and I hope just 2024 is just a big fucking year for like, you know, the Marvel cinematic, like actual earth, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and then we can catch up into 2024, whenever 2024 happens. I just don't like being kind of, I feel like I'm detached a little, you know, Mm -hmm. from where they're at. And then the other thing is, it's just the callbacks to the snap and the blip that like, and this is obviously later on, not just far from home because that's pretty fresh in our minds, but like. I think if they did the snap, which was such a powerful thing, it's just like coming back from it, I'm still not on board. Like I Mm -hmm. haven't found a movie that's really gotten me like, yes, I'm there. Okay, I'm with you. Like I still haven't felt it. But I digress. We're talking about the beginning of the end, I guess, with the snap and the blip. Everybody comes back. Happy's got a blip beard. Everything's rocking. Um, so let's let's kind of talk about, I guess, just the our overall feelings for the movie because I went on that whole tangent. I just had to get that out of the way because I feel like that's gonna play into, I guess, the discussion. But anybody want to take the floor? What what was your feelings after seeing Far From Home?
3: After I think I think how um, the movie starts is um, just. Chef's kiss um, with the absolutely horribly edited Getty image PowerPoint dedicated to Tony Stark. <laughs> mm. I just the, I love that it like that was the wrap of Hey guys, this is what happened. Remember yeah, catch we had you the up, blip. Catch you up. Let yeah. me catch you up. Which again would have served an even better purpose if we took a year off from superheroes, but we die But we um, did
0: though. That's the thing that aggravates me the most is twenty twenty, there was nothing for a whole year. Oh I know. And I'm just like, ah like if I would have been fine if this was like actually after endgame. I would have been totally fine with it.
3: Mm-hmm. But
0: anyway, sorry. Go
1: yeah. on.
3: Yeah. No. Um so I think um after Far From Home, I mean, there's a lot of elements that I really do like about Far From Home. Um, one of them is Mysterio is a great villain, personally. Um, yep. I love that Mysterio it, it did not come in just openly with his villainous story. You, if you've never read the comic book series, if you didn't know who Mysterio was, you would enter the movie theater. And think, oh, he's just a superhero and this is the situation. And so by the time you get that pivotal moment in the fake, uh, cantina or bar, your mind has changed and you're like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. But if, you know, if you've seen the comics, if you used to watch the cartoons on Saturday, you know Mysterio is, is obviously the villain. So I think with those people who come in with like a little bit of, precursor kind of we're just excited to see mysterio on the screen whereas those who aren't as well versed in the universe obviously got to have this huge pinnacle wow moment
0: well that that brings it to you gary was this your first time seeing mysterio i would assume so
2: (laughs) yes i mean but the thing is like i mean the movie had been out for years i mean before i watched it right and so i knew little i heard little things here and there about mysterio just I knew something was off about him, and I think even one time you mentioned on a podcast, you said something about him being, like, not who he says he is, basically. And I, I was like, you know, I keep hearing this stuff. I was, but you know (laughs) what was so good though? (laughs) What was so good though is like, despite just, you know, just going into this movie so late and just kind of having a few things maybe ruin, there were still some like twists and turns in this movie I wasn't expecting, and I, it's, the the movie was still entertaining, it was still, I, I still had a good time watching it. For me i i really i think just knowing how spider-man homecoming was like i think i i think this movie was a lot of what i already expected with just another tom holland spider-man film but that wasn't necessarily a bad thing like i just i think these movies with tom holland and spider-man and just the world that you're in and the characters it's just like just fun to watch i just enjoy it i just i just enjoy it <laughs> i don't know yeah you know, overall i can
0: I, I i'm gonna definitely echo what you're saying because uh i love the universe that that I literally take any words. The universe that was created for Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I love his background characters. I love Betty Brandt. Uh, she is, mm-hmm. she is one of my favorite characters. I just love her. She's great. Um, Ned, obviously you gotta love Ned. There's nobody in this world who doesn't love him. I love MJ. She's great. And I love how she changes throughout the movie because in the first, in Homecoming, you're just kind of like, okay, she's just kind of this emo chick that doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And then she like evolves just in this movie. You know, like right. she's evolved into an actual character, not just like a caricature, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I love, uh, the teachers. Mr. Dell, JB Smooth, I loved him in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's so funny. And so seeing him like just add to this universe, add to the humor along with Mr. Harrington, the other teacher, I, I loved it. I loved, I loved their chemistry. Um, but, I have to say something very controversial. <sighs> this was probably my least favorite on-screen Spider-Man performance like ever. Really? Okay,
2: yeah. That's interesting.
0: Because it felt like this wasn't <laughs> this wasn't really a Spider-Man movie. This mm-hmm. the, He wore his costume for maybe three minutes, like his actual Spider-Man blue and red costume for three minutes. Other than that, he
3: was Night Monkey the rest of the time. Yeah, Iron Iron Spider
0: for the beginning, Night Monkey for a lot of it. Which I love the costume; it looks great. I love the pop because it's uh, it's got like the felt, like the felt, you know, hat and everything. I love that. Anyway, um, and then he obviously gets his upgraded suit that he wears in the later battle. One of the best like scenes of Spider-Man in it, but like. I just, I couldn't really enjoy a lot of this movie because a lot of it just felt weird. And I don't know if it's just because, like, you're adding this element of Mysterio, but, like, it just didn't feel like a Spider-Man movie. It just felt okay. weird, you know? And I hope that throughout this I can kind of give you more of an explanation because I don't want to leave it just on that. But... um I mean, we go through the movie, uh, we finding finding out that we have this Mysterio character, um, and Nick Fury is pushing Peter to become a superhero, which is the exact opposite of what he got, of what we got in Homecoming, where, like, he, he wanted to be a hero so bad, and everybody was pushing him down. Now everybody wants him to step up, and he doesn't mm-hmm. want to. Mm-hmm. Right. He just wants to get it on with MJ. You know, like that's all his plan is to be with Zendaya and dude, I get yeah. it. Okay. I get it. I'd stop the world too, you know, <laughs> and just be where mm-hmm. I am with her in the Eiffel Tower. That'd be great. But oh, yeah. you know, like it's just such a weird juxtaposition of what we got previous. And then he goes through all these, I get, you know, he goes through homecoming. He goes through mm-hmm. infinity war, goes through Endgame, game, goes through all of that. I don't see the breaking point. I don't see where he goes. I don't want to do this anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? And, yeah, maybe it is because of Tony Stark. But, like, we don't really get that until, like, the last, I want to say the last 40 minutes and we get that speech with him and Happy where he goes, I miss him. I can't live up to this. Mm -hmm. You know, that is then when I start understanding. But before then, I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't know why you're not wanting to step up. It can't just be for MJ. You know, Mm -hmm. you obviously are having problems with – responsibility. Like you just don't want to take on that. And I get that. You're a teenager. But like talk about it more. Don't just say these one off comments like, "Ah, I'm just gonna ghost him. You know, I'm just gonna ghost Nick Fury. Mm -hmm. So like I just felt like there wasn't a lot of fleshed out characters or I just say fleshed out things for Peter to really go off of. And that's crazy than saying because he gets the most screen time, you know? Right. Right. So yeah. I mean
3: coming from um an emotional standpoint of a high schooler you're not going to get that much communication when it comes to their downfalls or um their their struggles so i think coming from that side peter not being able to communicate about his lack of wanting to be held responsible i mean he blipped so you know he he thought he was gone he came back um but I think when you when you work with individuals of that age range, they're they're not going to come out and just say, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. They they are going to ghost you. Um, they're not going to talk to you. They're going to have that one defining moment with an individual that they trust so dearly, which is happy in this case about, you know, this is what I want to do. Even Aunt May was, you know, you might want to you might want to pack that. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, nah, I, I really don't want to. Like mm-hmm. those are those are his subtle clues into I I kind of just want to be a normal kid right now. I, I don't I don't want to do that. And um I love the part in the airport where he opens the suitcase at the um security station, and the suit's right on top. And it's like you forgot this, love, May, and he's flipping out. And uh the the lady just pulls out a banana and is like you can't you can't. Finish. No no. <laughs> yeah. I also didn't realize that his suitcase was actually uh Uncle Ben's.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I I have thoughts on that later too, unless you want to talk about it now.
3: I mean, I thought it was a nice I thought it was a nice little nod.
0: Yes, um, cuz it's kind of like our first realization that oh, he is a lived-in person. Okay, like mm-hmm. Uncle Ben existed, you know.
3: Right, and I think that also might have been an additional attribute into him. Having all of these feelings of, of losing Tony, of losing a bunch of the Avengers, um, him actually recognizing that I want to I, I want to hold these things closer to me so he can't have Ben with him. So he's going to take his suitcase. I mean, the the tears welling up when he gets Edith from um, Fury, like there's like subtle hints and nods that I think are attributes which a teenager would react when it comes to something of that nature with so much emotion coming down on him. Um that I think they were little slight n- n- nods to it. Um but I do agree th- with you that this this really didn't feel like a Spider Man movie.
0: Okay. Well no I really appreciate you saying that because that's stuff I didn't even like think about. And you're right, I mean like a teenage I mean just just me, I have a younger brother. I mean he's been on the show, you know Bye. Like, uh, when he goes through stuff, he's not going to just come out and talk about it until he's ready. Right. And like, like you know, I was even saying earlier to totally contradict myself, he was ready to talk to Habby, like you said. And I love that that's his character, or that's his that's his person. You know, it can't be Nick Fury. And no. you could kind of see in a way that he was warming up to Quentin, you know. Yeah. And I totally get that. And totally looking at it from that angle, it it changes it a little for me of knowing that he was trying to get it out. But at the same time, who would he give it out to, you know, mm-hmm. because he tried, he even tried a little bit talking to Aunt May, but she was off diddling with John Favreau. So, <laughs> you know, kind of take it with what you will. Um, Gary, what, what, what about you, man? Like what, what did you think, I guess, about Peter Parker just throughout this movie?
2: Well, no, it is now that you guys are saying this, like, Oh, you know, it's, it, it didn't feel like a Spider-Man movie. I can see definitely where you guys are coming from, for sure. For me, though, I think it still does the job for me. Like, it still felt like Spider-Man. It still felt like I was watching that type of film. I don't know if it's just because Tom Holland. I don't know if it's just because, you know, for me, like, he doesn't need to be sl- slinging webs the whole time. And, like, you know, it's for me, it's the world. It's the characters. it's It's st- – I don't know. It just still – Spider-Man quips the humor and but also just other stuff, you know. I don't know. That's just it for me, though. I don't know. It still felt Spider-Man-y. I, I don't know how else to explain Spider-Man-y. it.
0: Spider-Man-y. I like that. We're going to point <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> and I absolutely loved the whole ending. After he gets run over by the train, I just feel like he, from then on, like, it's just, it was a lot of action, and it just, it did it for me. I think Spider-Man just turned into this, like, this like badass after like when you know like just at the very end when he's confronting quentin like i loved it that the whole ending for me was just great i loved it but um yeah i don't know i'm gonna i'm
0: gonna go ahead and say yeah the last like 40 minutes and i paused it to make sure i like i just was i because courtney and i were watching this last night and i was like rolling my eyes at parts you know and she was <laughs> like oh come on just loosen up a little you know and yeah. i just like okay okay And I paused it right when he touched, uh, the jet touches down and Mm -hmm. he's like, how do I know you're the real happy, you know, from right Mm -hmm. there to the end, like I'm talking to the end end, like even when we get to the scrolls, that's where I'm (laughs) like, this is a Spider-Man. This is what I wanted. Right. You know, this is something that I wanted. Um, you're totally right. Like he's figuring stuff out on his own kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, he makes his own suit. Yes. Yes. But, like, the comparisons of him and and Iron Man and Tony Stark and all that, yes, but it ends right whenever he gets to London, and he has to literally figure it out by himself. Mm -hmm. That is the Peter Parker. That is the Spider-Man that I love, you know?
3: Right, and maybe it's just because we're so used to the conflict being between the hero and the villain, the hero and the villain the whole entire time, and that first huge chunk of the movie is not external conflict. It's internal conflict. It's Mm -hmm. Peter being emotional and all of that conflict and him trying to figure it out for himself, which is something we're not used to in the Marvel universe. So maybe that's maybe that lended to the reasoning. But yes, the last 40 minutes are great. They're Mm -hmm. phenomenal.
0: Well, it's funny that you say that because um, I know that this isn't like a full MCU like rewatch podcast, but with Endgame, I felt like the first hour of that,
3: that also was, was just yep.
0: very emotional, totally. mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, it would bore kids to death, you know, right. like because it's just all like this sucks. But like <laughs> maybe maybe it's the fact that we're getting back to back, you know, like yeah. we're seeing the struggle between a team, and then the next movie we're seeing a struggle just between or just from a team,
1: you mm-hmm. know.
0: And what you're saying is totally right because it is, with a sprinkle of, like, elementals, you know, going around. <laughs> we'll talk about those in a minute. But you're right. I mean, there is that personal struggle that he goes through. And for the majority of of the first act, even going into the second act, whenever – I would even say, like, from where he gives the glasses to Quentin, it, mm-hmm. it feels like there's finally this release right? of, like – I can breathe, you know, like, I, I feel like I did the right thing. And the Parker luck that he has, he doesn't, you know. He (laughs) totally gives it to a fucking fucking crazy ass. Yeah. That's another thing. Spider Sense was not really adapted in the MCU. We didn't Mm -hmm. really get it in Civil War.
1: Mm -hmm. We didn't
0: really get it in Homecoming. Well, he kind of says, he says, like, I, I, I can sometimes, you know, know when something's coming. But, like, that was it. There was nothing Mm -hmm. else with it. And then we don't follow it up until we get here. And, yeah, it's a Peter Tingle. But, like, I guess just because it was so defined in Sam Raimi's movies where, like, time would slow down. Mm -hmm. You know, you're seeing it through his eyes. And, like, you're seeing the camera move. Mm -hmm. And then you're seeing all this stuff happen. And it was adapted in Mark Webb's with Andrew Garfield as well. So like, maybe it's just that we're not getting a third iteration of that because it's already overly done, which I totally understand and I get, but I still feel like we need a little something with that. And calling it the Peter Tingle, that's not a problem. I don't care. That's, that's funny because it's used. It's, it's, it's organic in the way that it's being like approached, but I just, we finally get that. I felt like we got a true Spider-Man really. Uh, in the last 40 minutes of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like a full-on, this is how he would deal with it. This is like straight from a comic book I could almost see. Mm-hmm. And I like that because it seemed like he was so absent of it, especially in this one. And he says that. Like, he, it's not working right. But, like, he still seems to be doing okay. I mean, he stopped the the tower from i guess crashing to the ground i mean it does kind of whatever like during the water monster in prague he seemed to be doing okay against the fire monster so like was it really i I just i would have loved to i guess see him more um not alert or like things were escaping him and then to totally again contradict myself we got most of that, I feel like, in the Mysterio Illusions Mm -hmm. stuff, because he didn't know what the fuck was happening. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's where, like, I'm having, I guess, a... I'm not not going with the flow, because this is a character that I've grown up with, and I think that, like, seeing it done in such a way that, I guess, was totally different, I guess, from what I expected. Maybe it also might be because he's not in New York. You know? (laughs) Like, (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's, he's far fucking, from
3: home Klein. yes
0: that's true no i, I should have just oh <laughs> uh, and then now we're going to be no way home so i'm just like where hey, the hell is he going
3: to be right. but
0: like <laughs> Not that's home. what so. i said i was like
3: guess what the next one is no way home guess
0: what's gonna happen <laughs> he's gonna be gone so like it's just like i guess that might also be it that you know it's it is a different movie because we're in a different location and that's something that i've learned to accept it's hard to but you know, I'm, I'm rambling. I apologize. What, what, what else do we want to kind of take from there? Cause I kind of had the floor for a little bit, lift this movie up, Gary, tell me some stuff that you loved.
2: I love, I think one thing that I just, I'm thinking about right now is like the the humor. It's not like uh, a laugh out loud movie, but just the little things like, like right from the great go, like Ned and uh, what, what was her name? Betty. Betty I thought yeah. that was like hilarious that they're throughout them throughout the movie. They're like, doing these little couple things and he's calling her come back to the bedroom and I, I don't know. It's just, it's just babe. Kind
1: of, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Calling her
2: calling him, babe. I thought that was stuff like that was funny. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, there's always that type of humor though, I guess. I I think that's just probably just cause Spider-Man is just more of a lighthearted. Well, I think usually more of yes. a lighthearted, like just You're right. Yeah. Him, yeah. Film. So I always look forward to that in the movies. Definitely. Um,
0: how about you, Bethany? Anything that you feel like, Cause there's obviously I still have topics, but I, I definitely want to hit on some of yours.
3: Sure. Um, I mean, Ned is phenomenal. And the fact that he, they paired him with Betty was just yep. so much Dude, fun. I'm just
0: going to say this big guys got some big love in this movie. John yes. Favreau got Marissa Tomei.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Ned got Betty. I'm like, bring it on guys. Bring it on. <laughs> <Yes>.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, I and I loved the struggle that Ned had with trying to keep um Peter secret the entire time and just automatically was like, Oh yeah, uh he got sick and he's gotta go.
0: Yep. <laughs> That's it, you know. <laughs>
3: um I th- I think it's funny that in the beginning, you know, Ned was the one who was like, We're gonna be single Bachelors in Europe mm-hmm. and then they put the classic, Oh, well we're gonna move you guys and then obviously the guy sits next to the girl and they ended up in a relationship when they landed and then as soon as they get home they're broken up. Mm-hmm. You know, that seems very um usual cinematic storyline. Yeah. Um but very
0: rom com. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah.
3: And in this way it it worked. It worked. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Um I consistently get mad with Peter with MJ because he can sit there and he can pine and he can complain, but he's not doing anything about it. So
0: you're right. But could it be, you know, the like force that keeps pushing him away with Nick Fury? Because we get Nick Fury and Maria Hill in this movie from what we had in Iron Man, and uh, well, yeah, I would say it was a very Iron Man esque Homecoming. We have Fury and uh, Far From Home, and then we're getting Doctor Strange and No Way Home. So we're getting these character, these like big characters, you know. Right. So like, let's talk about Nick Fury, I guess, because you
2: kind of brought him up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead,
2: Gary. Well, well, ju- well, okay, hold on. I I just remembered something. Wait, hold on. So th- this this Nick Fury throughout the whole movie, it's not even him, is it? No, find out the uh, Talos, and I just literally remembered that, and so I was just about to say because I was like, "You're talking about Nick Fury," and I was like, "Nick Fury, this movie—he was so different. He was like so just worn out. It seemed like he was so just like more to the point. Just and I was like, "Wait, that wasn't Nick Fury. That, That was the Scroll." Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I guess let's talk
0: about Talos or Talos as Nick Fury, and you know, like I guess with just how they did that. I have my own problems with just how they handled that. I wish, I wish it was Nick Fury, but you know, whatever. It just takes it away from like second viewing, third viewing, and all that because you're just like, that's not really him. Mm-hmm. But saying that he is in here, um, I thought that what they did with it was like a triangle, like a love triangle, but like the top half is 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 uh, Nick Fury, and here's Peter, here's here's MJ, and then he's just like, no. No, you're not, not going to mess with MJ right now. And I love that, you know, he's kind of just the driving force behind getting Peter in the suit. Like he's just like to the point where he sends an agent to tell him to strip,
3: you Mm -hmm. know, like put (laughs) this on,
0: you know? So like, I totally get why it's frustrating because we want to see Peter and MJ, but they're just having this, this, uh, I would say the, just the, the plot, or I guess the antagonistic view or, uh, push of, of Nick Fury and the Elementals and Quentin Beck and all that is just like weighing on him. And you can see like the constant pull and tug of like him trying to make it work with MJ because he wants to go to the opera. Like he wanted, like he just wanted to be with her. He's like, let's split a pair of goggles. He knows he can't. He can't. Like deep down he's just like god I just want this to happen and you know
3: yeah it's a plot block but at the same time like when they were on the airplane he was like Ned go do this and then Ned comes up with the stupid like Peter go up and do it yourself right or if he's like oh I, I want to go se- like I wonder what she's thinking why don't you text her or why don't you get up and go talk to her? Like, <laughs> yeah. bud, how about you just walk over? Or like when they're touring the city, like before any of the big plot points start becoming huge, you know, they're touring Venice and they're walking around and he just automatically freezes because he doesn't know how to talk to her. Right. And um, I forget who addresses it in the movie, um, but someone at one point tells him, you, you're, oh, it was Quentin Beck. He was like, <laughs> you're very awkward. Right you're very awkward. Like, yes, he is. And that's, that's, that was what was so infuriating, because every part of me was like, just do it. Just, just walk up, say something. If you want to talk to her, go talk to her. If you want to text her, text her. I don't, just, just do it. But then, yeah, you start getting the push and pull and the plot blocking of Fury and all the um, external pressures that were coming in around him, which Quentin Beck does pull up, for him you know he does open about how he likes this girl and how he's having trouble with it and this was supposed to be it and uh, at one point you know he's talking with Nick and all of them down in that underground tunnel headquarters Mm -hmm. and what was so cool was you know he responded to the multiverse and you know um, Fury said something and and Beck was like do not apologize for being the smartest person in the room Mm -hmm. which Is just something that everyone needs to hear, honestly, at some point in their life. Um, so you just feel that, like, hold already, which is something that Quentin also struggled with, which you find out later uh, in in the cantina scene. So it, it, it all, it all starts dominoing together.
0: It just makes me, like, frustrated because I love bro Quentin. Like he is so fun to like sit down and talk to when he's, but obviously he's manipulating him the whole time. But like you're yeah. sitting there like, this guy is cool, you know. Like mm-hmm. I was like, you know, he's he's making all Quentin seem all right, you know. And like I I was very much with him and I loved his like story and you know saying like I I lost my family to this elemental war, you know. And you're like with you're like oh man. <laughs> it like, sucks, you know? And then, like, the fourth time you're watching it, all you gotta do is just, like, God, this is so droning now, cause you know what happens. Mm-hmm. But, like, in the moment, Jake Gyllenhaal really does so good with this role of being this manipulative asshole. And, uh, careful, we're not even going there. <laughs> we're not even going there. Alright, I know there's T Swift drama. We're leaving it. <laughs> we're leaving <limited laughs> on the floor. Oh that God. is, that is not in, in this, in this Spider-Man review. Um, Take that to the to the to the vlogs. But anyway, I didn't
3: even say anything. I want everyone to know that it was a look <laughs> that I gave Quentin uh, and he just knew what I was did. about to say. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it was a very big. You know what? Look, I'm addressing. that, um, <laughs> Gary, like since you since, you know, you, you were saying that you kind of had hints and stuff. Right. I'm really curious, like what was going through your mind? I guess I'm, I'm just I'm specifically talking about, I guess, and, just Quentin Beck and Joe. Right.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, no, like like he said, I, I there were some hints. I knew something wasn't right. To me, it did seem like he was just like too, just, I don't know, like, just too perfect. No, he wasn't perfect, but like, oh, you know, like perfect. you were saying, he's, say oh, my family died and the blah, 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 and I, like, I'm from another Earth. It just seemed a little bit, I don't know, I knew something was off. The cantina scene or whatever bar they were at, that was still shocking, though. I was like, he just did a full 180. And then he's going around and he's like telling about like oh i couldn't have done it without you and he's going through the i thought that was funny like going through like <laughs> oh yes and uh she did this and we're going to raise a glass to her and he did this and and so and so he ends up being i guess i didn't know this was happening i didn't see this coming but he ends up being like one of the um the guy oh what was he behind he was behind something of iron man he worked for Barf. iron man right Oh, yeah, he worked yeah. on Bark. Yeah. yeah, Iron Man named it Barf, which I thought was just hilarious. Like, it's right. his creation. And I then just he love that. goes and uh, – yeah, exactly. It's great. <laughs> goes... So so this guy <laughs> has this, like, personal vendetta against Iron Man, and he's just – but now he's again, dead. Though, so...
0: It's again, though, because we already had that in freaking mm. uh, Homecoming. With vulture, yeah. because he had a war, he had like a personal vendetta against Iron Man and the oh,
2: Avengers. Yes, yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. It was just yeah, and so then then throughout now now you start seeing how really, um, I guess more of, I guess mysterious true power. I don't even know because he's not a superhero, is he? But he's yeah. just for the rest of the film, he's just playing mind games with Peter, which mm-hmm. I thought was just really cool. Those scenes were so. Cool, like, yeah. and I hate to say it, every time it like baited you into thinking something was happening. Like, I don't know what you know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. the part where Nick Fury shoots him, I think that's was that some, yeah. right? Yeah. Or the the part at the very end where he uh is like lying there, like about to die. Like, I fell for it every single time, <laughs> and then you snap it. back to re- reality, and it's like, oh, oh, that that didn't actually happen. <laughs> so I just love that. That was well. Cool.
0: I'm glad that you mentioned that. Okay, so. I grew up knowing Mysterio as Quentin Beck through the '90s cartoon that you were kind of mentioning before, Beth. Yeah. But also the the Spider-Man video games. He was been in so many of them, and I played mm-hmm. them all. But like there are like specific levels that you are basically going through these illusions, and like I so love it. Cool. In, yeah, in Spider-Man Two for PS2, bought mm-hmm. that with my own money. No big deal. It was, like, (laughs) one of my first big purchases. of Big spender. Yeah. But, like, I remember you're, like, in this mansion, and then you're in this, like, arena. It was almost like Rocket League arena. Mm -hmm. And you're fighting, like, all these different, like, Mysterio. And then you're fighting these monsters. Then you go look for the Holy Grail. And then you end up in a supermarket where Quentin Beck is controlling all this from. And you punch him once, and he's down, and you win. Like, that's the whole level. And I was sitting there, like... That's how you successfully do Mysterio. Yeah, you know that, like all the illusions, but it's still just one guy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just wanted to mention that in, in like the comics, in the show, and in the um, video games, he has his gas. It's kind of mm-hmm. like Scarecrow yeah. in, 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 at Batman, like the fear gas, and it's all coming from those like triangle things that he's got on his lapel or whatever, and it's. Pfft, you know, so like that's how he creates these illusions. And I think that's I mean, it's really cool that they obviously spruced it up for this movie and made them drones. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that I don't know. I was totally fine with that. That I didn't have a problem with either.
1: Right. I,
0: I thought they have to obviously make this realistic, you right. know, but like I was I totally went with it. Yeah.
3: Right. And I think um what what is different is, you know, in the comics and the cartoons, in the video games, it's just Quentin Beck. And in this mm-hmm. movie, it's a whole team of people. It's like team Beck. Yeah. Yeah. Team Beck. <laughs> um, which I think really started to show in the end of him using the team the same way Tony uses him. Mm-hmm. So, um, specifically in the moment where he yells at Ruby, like, where's where's my um, like I'm going to need the stupid costume and she's like I'm still steaming it he's like damn right you're still steaming it I might be meeting the queen in an hour
0: yeah yeah he's brought the hurt that I mean it's just yeah it's just the change just the change Mm -hmm. from like when the unveiling happens and he's like oh this guy's a dick No, he's a super dick. He's a super dick.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no. So I think, like, when you're in those scenes, you know, you don't think of Quentin Beck just sitting there, like, just talking Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and just watching it all play out, just like watching Peter hurt himself, and he's he's just sitting there controlling it. You don't think of that. You think of the whole inner dialogue. You're thinking of the fight scene. You're thinking of him becoming Fury. You're thinking of him transforming into somebody else. And doing all these things, but in actuality, just like what you see more of in the last battle, is he's just sitting on the tower, and he's like, "Give me a line, give me a line." I, right. I thought yeah. that was hysterical. I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Give me something. Yeah. Someone else is reading it. The too.
0: elementals, you know, they're yeah. they're too powerful. You know?
3: <laughs> right, and he gets so into it. Oh my yeah. gosh.
0: And then, and then even fear is like, you know, that's bullshit. That's some you know, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, I totally, yeah, I'm I'm on board with Mysterio. I like how he's done. I like the portrayal. um And that, I don't, like I said, I don't have a problem with that. It's just, I was really just, I guess I was just perplexed on the, like, emotional turmoil of Peter throughout this movie. And I think that's what really did it for me. Um, and, yeah, I understand, and that might also be why I need to cool it on the complaints of he's literally in his Spider-Man suit for, like, ten minutes. Because he does become Night Monkey so that people don't know it's Spider-Man. But, like, I just... I, I love <laughs> love what Ned's, like, uh, I don't, uh, Night uh, Monkey. Night
3: Monkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
0: Betty's, and like, just, Night
3: Monkey.
0: <laughs> that's it? That's okay. what it said. Yeah. <laughs> but... I... I guess, yeah, part of the problem was just getting me on board with him in a different country. And what does Peter do in a different country? I guess what we see is what kind of really happens. And um, I just I have to realize that myself, you know, I have to look at it for what it is, because like the, the battle in London that we get is just so epic. Mm-hmm. And it's like full on spy. I love that suit, by the way, I think the upgraded suit is a lot of fun. The black and red really complements each other. And I like that. It's going to continue on into no way home with however long that we see him in. But I mean, he goes through a total of four different suits in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that I wasn't accustomed with after seeing Toby Maguire
1: Mm-hmm. And Andrew
0: Garfield, who stuck with one suit the entire movie, you know, mm-hmm. granted the switch between the unitard suit that we get in Amazing Spider-Man and the upgrade or whatever. But, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I there's, there's nothing else that I really have any complaints about um, because if you look at it from just a standpoint of a movie, of a superhero movie, it... You know, it takes a cake. It has some great action. One of my favorite scenes also is the Prague stuff where they're fighting the the magma monster, you know. I love seeing him like <laughs> trying to combat this fire demon, you know, and he can't do anything with his webs, so he's just having to like uh beat him up with rocks, you know? So I just felt like we were he was so outmatched, I guess, of these elementals. And without Quentin Beck, he would have been like whoosh, You know, that would have been it for him. So, it was just different, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that's something I still am trying to, I guess, getting used to. He's just part of a bigger world, you know? Yeah.
3: Yeah, he also went on a Euro trip, too. It's not like when... You're going to laugh. It's not like when, in the Lizzie McGuire movie, they go to Rome. And the only place they go to is Rome. And so, you're just Uh, in Rome. In this movie... You're going to Venice, and then oh, they upgraded us, but we're going to Prague, and then go to Prague, and then uh, and then they're like, oh, we're going to stop in London, and now you're in London. So now you have not only the New York background, but you have three other countries as well.
1: Yeah,
3: which is cool from a a plot point standpoint you get a right you know in this country we're going to do this and then in this country this is when this is going to happen and then so you can see the development of the storyline when it comes to the different areas that they go to but still I think it's a lot of jumping around when there's additionally so much else happening around you
0: right they do juggle a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. I think and that's part of it so um yeah, but I mean, other than that, I I think it's it's safe to say that uh, we we all agree that at least the last London fight mm-hmm. is like seriously. It's probably it's the best of the movie for it's so me. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I really like seeing his just him in action, especially against all these drones, and he just kicks so much ass. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: yeah.
0: It was good action.
2: But he really was,
0: yeah,
3: well, and then you get um, all of the the teens and happy, and then on the action too, you have m j up in the tower,
1: right, so I we're not only
3: that. just getting Peter fighting, we're also getting happy and m j and Betty, uh, we're getting the whole entire thing, and I love when Happy throws the shield and it goes nowhere, and he's like, "I don't fucking know how Cap does this shit, yeah. And then, like, <laughs> Like it's so it's funny, but it it keeps them going too as well as right. usually you just have the the scene of like where did you go? Okay, I'm glad you're okay. But in this, mm-hmm. you know, Mysterio is actively trying to kill them because they know, and they know, so yeah. now you get them all in the action as well. And I think it it additionally adds to just the the fun of an action sequence as well.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because you're totally right. They didn't have that in the last one, and they don't really have that for. Other movies, really, mm-hmm. that we've seen, where you're worried about. Well, they kind of had it for freaking Amazing Spider-Man Two with the stupid planes. Remember that, Gary? The Like those planes were going to intercept, inter- like they were going to hit each other, and at the last moment they, you know, I don't see. You don't even remember. I Don't even remember. Was that Amazing Spider-Man Two? Yeah, when he was fighting Electro. Huh. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. what does that tell you, people? You know, so. <laughs> No, but you're totally right. I mean, it was great seeing them. And it's that added humor because we're seeing that and then we're seeing Peter kick ass. So do what you can with it. So I totally agree. But I think, I mean, the end is like the stinger of all stings, you know, where J. Jonah Jameson comes back. Mm-hmm. with jk simmons i mean mm-hmm. what did you think of that to both of you whoever wants to answer i loved it oh my god
3: okay well first of all my fiance was not gonna watch the post credit scene and i was like first of all the post credit scene in this movie has the most plot in it that i was like you have to watch it Otherwise, you're going to
0: have, no yeah. like,
3: have no idea what's happening at the theater when we go. You have to watch this. He literally looked at me. He was like, what? And I was like, just just turn it back on. I was like, I swear <laughs> to God. But I think, honestly, I wonder how many people left. You're right. Because if you're if you, totally right. If you just watch the ending, you know, he went on a date with MJ and everything's fine. But it's the post-credit scene that held so much of the ending, which I don't really like. I didn't I, I didn't necessarily like that the post credit had so much material to it.
0: You're right. It should have been it should have been the end. It you know sh- like with him saying what the fuck and then mm-hmm. you know I agree.
3: Right. Like I I mean post credits they always give a glimpse into it like for Eternals, Harry Styles joining blah blah blah. We just get like a small glimpse of what the next movie is. And you know with Guardians, they got all of these, you get the small blimp or glimpse into the next mm-hmm. film. This literally sets up a huge plot for the next film. Mm-hmm. So I, right. I personally didn't agree that they chose that to be the post-credit scene.
0: You know what? You're totally right. I didn't even, like I didn't even put that together because it's so ingrained in, I feel like the majority of Marvel fans, you don't right. leave until yeah. that last second of frame is gone, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm there. I mean, Gary, what about you? I mean, you're pretty accustomed to the post-credit scenes by now, right?
2: Right. No, I no. That's a good point that you brought up, Anthony. I definitely. Um, but you have to remind me, what, what where was Fury's little thing? Was that a part of the post-credit scene too, or was it?
0: Yes.
1: Where post- he, so that's
2: what you're saying. It was so chock full of stuff. Is that what you meant, like, or? Well, yeah, because we got the uh,
0: the. I guess the, she's mostly talking about the moment where Peter's identity is revealed. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we do have the post credit scene of Nick Fury and Maria Hill being the scrolls, and he's actually in space with well, other yeah. scrolls. You know, so I guess what, it's
3: mid-credit and post-credit. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. That totally makes sense. I, I'm thinking, like, post-credit. Yep. Whatever. <laughs> go on. Go no, on.
2: There's
3: two. I forgot.
2: Okay. Yeah. So that, I was a little, yeah, but no. <laughs> but what I was going to say is, what's funny is, I didn't know, I mean, ha- right, so this movie came out years ago. And I didn't know until Venom that, or Venom 2, the post-credit scene, that uh, Spider-Man's identity was revealed. I actually, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know that, like, which is it's it's strange that 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 movie's when I find I found out about that. And That is weird. Yeah, so <laughs> we should have talked about that more cuz I didn't even cuz like we didn't even
0: talk about I, Far right. From Home and you not watching it. Yeah,
2: no. You little, you little I, I didn't even know. I didn't know. So or maybe <laughs> there may have been a trailer out for No Way Home. No Way Home did have a trailer out. So already. I'm I, actually I might have found out through that trailer, but I Cuz I definitely made you watch that trailer. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> actually, I'm not sure about that, but one of those two things, the, the, <laughs> the point was I already, I I didn't find out during this. So maybe the post scene wasn't as crazy for me Grandiose, probably, but yeah. like, no, it was, yeah, it did what it needed to do <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> to set up the next film. Right. And, I mean,
0: this does set up the next film. I mean, this is what we got stuck on from 2019 to, what, 2021. So, like what the fuck <laughs> you know, like we're, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun so i guess i mean is there anything else we really need to discuss before we go ahead and rate this thing and discuss what else we are doing
2: um i think i'm good to go
0: okay yes.
3: no but now i'm having so many thoughts of what they want i want them to do and no way home so right <laughs> i'll just have to write them down
0: <laughs> yes well, uh, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's go with our wonderful Gary mm. as, uh, the first guinea pig here to go ahead and write <sighs>
2: Spider Man Far From Home. I think, I think I have to be honest. I'm gonna go with a 2.4. And I, I think I'm putting it there because, like I said, I like, I liked the film. I, I love the Spider-Man. I love Tom Holland Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man in the MCU. The films are fun. They're funny. They're lighthearted. But I think Peterson spent to- so much time running away, right, and having that internal story for just a bit too long. It was just like the beginning was a little bit boring to me. Like, And like I said, the, you were talking about the, fir- the last 40 minutes. After he gets run over by the train, I'm hooked. Like, And the mm. illusions and all that. But it was just a little bit of a slog in the beginning. I mean, it was good stuff. I, I like, I, you know, but and I love I love Ned. I love Ench. I love all the characters. I love how they interact with each other. But I think it just took a while for me to, like, get really, really engaged. I don't know for things to ramp up. So come with a
0: 2.4. A lot of build up, You can. Yeah. See it, right. Yeah, I totally I'm there. I'm there. I get it. Beth, how about you?
3: Um, I think that this movie somehow found itself in the typical sequel dilemma of having to fill in a plot point to get you from the first one to the third one. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. um, we all have them. (laughs)
1: Um,
3: it's just, unfortunately this, this one is this one. Um, so, if No Way Home sucks, I'm going to be so pissed. But Girl,
1: it's, are you not, telling it's, me? Not, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not.
3: But um, I think for a sequel, you know, it really did add in a lot of plot points. There was a lot of different um, types of conflict that we're not necessarily used to. Um, it didn't really follow the normal MCU formula, which, you know,. It was a a nice break, but, you know, when you have it, like you said in the beginning, when you have it right up to end game, which also had a different formula, um, it it was a little bit too much. Um, I did enjoy it. Like we all keep saying, the last 40 minutes were really what made this movie. Um, So I am actually not going to be that far from Gary. I think I'm going to do probably like a a 2.3.
0: Okay. Yeah. And... I'm echoing you. Uh this movie was bogged down because it had to follow in game. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Feige said that this is the end of phase 3 and like what we're going to see in this movie will ultimately lay the blueprints for phase 4. Mm, I didn't really see all that, no. you know, like I didn't really get get all that going. It definitely left the blueprints for Spider-Man 3. And you're right. I mean, this was kind of the bridge between the two, the two movies. And this one, it kind of picks up right after Far From Home is what we're, uh, believed, mm-hmm. or I mean, said to believe, uh, with all the trailers that we have. Um, but like, this alone, if I was to rate it, I'm gonna just go with the solid two.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, it's because I really did enjoy a lot in this movie but as Gary said I mean this is kind of bogged down a little bit at the beginning and um there's some stuff that like I just I'm just like ah I just I don't know if that's like the right stuff like the whole thing with the with Brad and the drone that whole stuff yeah. I was just like this ah eh. you know I I get how, that's how they're trying to explain how these drones work in Edith and all that. And I get that, but it could have just been done in a different way for me. And so like, I just, yeah, that was just a sour taste, but, um, giving the movie what it's given us in how much I enjoyed it at the end of the day, this is probably my least favorite Tom Holland performance, Mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, and like movie wise, I mean, I thought homecoming was a gem, You know, when we talked about that, Gary, I mean, I loved Homecoming for... its. I think it was just because it was John Hughes, you know, and, like, for the new day and age. But for this, it was just kind of all over the place, and I loved Quentin Beck, but, yeah, I'm just going to stick with the two, and I have high hopes, really, really high hopes for No Way Home when we discuss that, but I think it's time. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I would here's what we got. Here's what we got going on. All right. So obviously this is recorded, and you guys are getting this on the Tuesday uh, before the week of release of uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. For the Tuesday of the week of the release of No Way Home, we. So I guess next week. I should just say <laughs> next week we are going to be. Uh, going through our theories and such for No Way Home. So this isn't actually going to be about a single... Like, I mean, it's going to be about No Way Home, but it's going to be a precursor to what we want to expect, what we are expecting, what we want to happen, uh, things that might be happening. We're going to be scouring TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of the all of the sites to give you guys our uh, basic... Thoughts and needs on No Way Home. And, uh, that is going to be coming out, like I said, the Tuesday before this movie, the movie comes out. And, uh, yeah, is there anything I'm missing? I feel like I, it, it won't, I don't think, if you're watching this, we'll, we're going to include it into the Retro Reel Collection, but obviously it's just going to be a little different. So don't come in expecting us to break down No Way Home, because we still have yet to see it, but it'll be fun
3: just three people having a conversation and going down deep dark rabbit holes before <laughs> one of us or a couple of us or all of us get our heart broken mm. or right. you know we get to see it come to fruition and then when we do the yep. review we're just going to be screaming mm.
0: exactly and with our review that's that's going to be a lot of fun we're not just having the three of us we're going to be including three more people And it's going to be a Sinister Six-esque review. It's going to be a lot of people. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And so it's going to be like a looser-based conversation. I mean, we're, we're just, we're here to talk about a movie that, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be bigger than Endgame, pretty much with how much hype is behind Mm -hmm. it. So I guess we'll see. But you guys have been awesome and followed us since we started Spider-Man. And I can't thank you guys enough for being uh, being a part of that journey. Gary, obviously, you've been here from the beginning. Beth, you've adopted this like your own. I really appreciate you coming in and ending this with us. Just so.
3: jumping in. Thank you for not having me start with Andrew Garfield.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But, oh, that reminds me. We are going to be ranking our Spider-Man movies thus far before No Way Home. So from... 2002 Spider-Man all the way too far from home. We're going to put them in an order from worst to best. So you guys will kind of get an abridged version of Bethany, basically talking about all these movies. (laughs) So she's going to have a script prepared. prepared Yeah, I was going to say not
3: right now, (laughs) (laughs) but I'll, I'll I'll have my book report ready for you next week for sure.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much. We hope you guys enjoyed the review. Um, This was Spider-Man far from home. Oh, Gary, we only have two more, man. I
2: know, it's
0: crazy. It's so crazy. It is, it is. I mean, who knew we'd be here? I thought we would have stopped, you know, like halfway through Spider-Man right. 3 and just called it a day. Right.
2: <laughs> right. No, but... me, I was ready to stop the first Tobey Maguire movie. When it <laughs> yeah, <he's laughs> like,
3: and that is, is where we me. have problems, Gary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right so if you have if this is your first time listening to us please go check out those other reviews so you can kind of see our point of views and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun with this review um, coming up and then also our theory it's gonna be a lot of fun so please stay tuned we'll check back make sure to keep checking out our comedies on the uh, main feed and uh, yeah I guess also one last thing I'll mention on here I'll probably mention on our comedy too. We're taking a break after Spider-Man No Way Home, and we will be back on the, uh, the new year of 2022. So when you get No Way Home, that'll be it for 2021. And then we will be back on 2022 to bring you new stuff, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We already got our musicals picked out. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's all I got to say. But uh, I'll stop there because I don't want to say anything else. So, again, thank you guys. Hope you had a lot of fun. Stay vigilant. Um, Keep on spottying. And we'll see you later. Bye.
1: Bye.